This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard, and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with By Heart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is By Heart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You. Additional terms and conditions apply. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at There's no way to be a perfect mother and a million ways to be a good one. This beautiful quote by writer Jill Churchill captures the spirit of a new book that Megan and I have absolutely fallen in love with. Creatrix, wisdom, insights, and principles shared by the mothers of success stories in sports, business, and culture is a collection of stories shared by the mothers of world-renowned CEOs, entertainers, professional athletes, and others who have come from a diverse range of countries, cultures, and creeds. At their core, the stories in Creatrix explore the age-old question, nature or nurture? And while we already know that it's the interplay of both, insights from these stories reveal the profound role that motherhood plays in how nature and nurture come together. This book is a must-read for all moms. It's a full-on celebration of how mothers from all over the world and all walks of life can parent differently, yet still manage to tap into patterns of instinctual advice that nurtured the best in all of us. Reading it is empowering and heartwarming, reassuring and inspirational. Plus, a portion of the book's proceeds are being donated to three organizations that support families. Good Plus Foundation, Believe and Achieve Foundation, and So Good Now. We can truly think of no better Mother's Day gift for all the moms in your life, including you. Learn more about these organizations and order your copy of Creatrix by visiting didn'tdigestfeedyou.com or shop for the book directly on Amazon. So I just like don't want to have to think about the logistics of cooking anything complicated. So meal kits are nice because most stuff is like already prepared and you just heat it up. And because it's from one potato, I know it'll be good. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Hey guys, before we dig into this week's episode, make sure you're subscribed. All you have to do is press that subscribe button right where you're listening right now and you won't miss a single thing. And, you know, review, rate and review. Is that too much to ask for, Megan? I don't think it is. I don't think so. Right? We love it. It helps other busy home cooks find us. Yes, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. All right. Let's jump in because this is an exciting one. 
we do it all the time. It's not exciting because it's new and weird and different. It's exciting because it's what we all want to hear. Yes, it's what we're cooking and eating now, spring 2021. Did we do spring 2021 already? So maybe it's more like pre-summer. Yeah, I don't know, but our listeners love this episode, and I've actually come to love recording them because I really did say it's what we all want to hear because I get excited to hear what you're cooking because I feel like that ends up influencing what I cook, especially when I need inspiration. 1,000%, yes. Can I also share that insidery information? Do which it. is that, like, behind the scenes at Kitchen and Apartment Therapy Media, we're preparing for, like, a big downtick in traffic because as people are being vaccinated, as, like, mass uh-huh. protocol is being lifted, um, everyone's going to like be out and about (laughs) eating in the park getting takeout like where everyone is over it and they're just not going to be cooking and eating at home as much and we're like anticipating it to happen as early as this month may and well into june and july like people are just going to be like i'm not i am not nope i'm not doing any of that So it'll be funny to see like what we what we're cooking and eating right now and then to do a follow up for like the end of June or beginning of July and um, have it mostly be about what we're eating and ordering and not <laughs> cooking. Yes. But the funny thing is that totally resonates with me at the same time. I have. Okay, so I have this whole thing in my head. A lot of it has to do with my clothing because you guys all know that I love to shop. And then there are the clothes that I like to shop for in my fantasy. And then there's my actual life. Yes. And sometimes like I've gone, I've kind of brought it all together finally because I don't want to like waste money in clothes I don't wear. But there have been phases of my life where I'll buy clothes and then I look in my closet like on a day that I just have to get dressed and get the kids to school and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what? what life do I think I have (laughs) that I bought this stuff? (laughs) This is not working for what I actually do. So there's a little bit of that at play when you talk about what's happening at Kitchen, where I'm like, yes, hell yes, I'm over it. We're going to be outside all the time. And then in reality, I'm still going to just be home cooking dinner for these fools every single night. (laughs) So I'm very curious to see how this bears out for me personally. (laughs) Yes. Also, I feel like that with so many, like even with food, like the things I save in my Instagram saved folder and my Pinterest (laughs) boards of like, oh yeah, cook this right now, or I want to eat that. And then even sometimes when I'm going to like meal plan, I'll look at those two for inspiration. And I'm like, nah, that seems like too much effort. Like, (laughs) Can we just have back salads and tater tots? Yes, totally. Um, But I I will say part of, like, what I'm cooking and eating right now is strategic to less cooking because we are deep in packing up our house. And if you listen to the the moving mini, I said, do not wait until the very end to pack up your kitchen. So I've already started doing that, including trying to eat down just, like, honestly weird that's in our freezer because we have (laughs) – We have a garage freezer that we're actually leaving for our new homeowners and not taking with us. And so it has to be empty by the end of the month. And 
I've just like packed stuff away for another person another day who's like going to eat up this turkey carcass from 2019. (laughs) That's hilarious. It is funny. It is very funny. And I just keep like telling my family like, okay, it's going to keep getting weirder because you've (laughs) got to use up this like pantry sauce and puff pastry that I overbought or whatever it is. The other thing that I'm doing, and I talked about, I said in the moving mini that I was going to order one potato to be delivered to our house, our new house in Tennessee right after we move. But I actually decided since then that I'm going to order one potato again. But for the last week that we're in Boise, but we're renting the Airbnb down the street from us so that we're like, because our all of our stuff is going a week ahead of us. And I'm just like, oh, I'm going to be in an Airbnb kitchen. I'm going to have shipped my knives off to be sharpened in Tennessee before I get there. Actually, they'll be sharpened in Atlanta, but that's another story for another time. And so I just like don't want to have to think about the logistics of cooking anything complicated. So meal kits are nice because most stuff is like already prepared and you just heat it up. And because it's from one potato, I know it'll be good. Yes, that's a genius idea. I'm very glad you're doing that and being easy on yourself. And it's great because with one potato, you know, the kids are very likely to like it also. So kid friendly, those meals and grown up friendly, too. But it strikes a beautiful balance. 100 percent. So I want to know, is there anything strategic that you're doing in May? Like it's getting Mm -hmm. close to the end of school. Mother's Day will have been this weekend. Like what are you doing? Are you doing anything to like cook less personally? Um, so no, not really. You know, this will have passed by the time this airs, but Greek Easter is coming up. Oh, right. So Greek Easter, and then immediately after that is Mother's Day. So spending time with my mom, who's vaccinated and like wants to soak up every single second that she can with the kids. So going to New Jersey and trying to still like spend lots of time outside just because it's the healthiest, easiest thing to do. And it's nice after a winter in. Um, So some grilling and really easy like leg of lamb and, you know, nice Mother's Day like brunch. I think we're going to do just like steaks grilled outside. But no, like nothing really in particular. I have been, despite the fact that I just said grilling steaks and eating lamb, trying to eat less meat. (laughs) doesn't sound like it, but those are kind of special occasions. My children have been so upset about it, but um, (laughs) I was just looking at my list of what I've been cooking and eating, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we've been doing a pretty good job of not eating a lot of meat. And they're like, WTF. Wait, can we talk about this for a minute, though? Because you recently shared on Didn't I Just Feed You's Instagram stories about Epicurious, how a year ago they stopped publishing new recipes for meat. So they might, like, refresh older archived recipes. But this week – or not this week, but they recently shared that it had been a year since they published anything new and they weren't planning on producing new beef recipes moving forward, which I think is a really interesting – like, from a food media um, standpoint, it's very interesting because that means they could potentially lose out on a lot of sponsorship, like, from big beef corporations. But they feel like that's, like, the responsible and sustainable thing to do. And some people are, like, hand-clapping. They're like, yes, Epicurious, way to go. And then other people are, like – pissed about it. What did our listeners say? Yes. You know, it's a really big mix. I was, I love our listeners. A lot of people said, okay, like 
they're a business. That's what they chose to do. Like, I get it. Like, I'll still go to them for some things. And if I want beef, I'm going to go somewhere else. Like, a lot of people seem to express that it is what it is. And that isn't necessarily going to change their mind, which I think is interesting because I wish I knew. I guess the intention, as it's been articulated through media, we haven't spoken with anybody there directly. David Tamarkin was the editor-in-chief when the decision was made. Apparently, he was sort of like the main impetus behind this drive to stop publishing beef recipes. He's been on Didn't I Just Feed You? But we haven't connected with him since this news. And actually, he's not at Epicurious anymore, which I think is interesting. Yeah. He just, recent, he just he very recently left, though. It's not been that long since he left. But it's, you know, I think that maybe my impression is that they are trying to set a tone for other food media to kind of help push forward a cultural shift. I don't think that they're trying to necessarily say to people, it's bad if you eat beef. And I don't know, the response seems to go with that. There were a few people who said, but what about like sustainable meat? Wouldn't it be mo- wouldn't it be better to give more sustainable solutions because not everybody's going to give up beef? And other people were like, hell yeah, like beef is bad for the environment. So yeah. it's great that they're putting a stake in the ground. But the other side of it is that those meat alternatives, which a lot of people are like, cool, I just will get like Impossible Burger or the like Gardenia fake chicken. And those have a huge environmental impact, too, um, which I feel like is maybe not being discussed enough. So it's just it's it's really interesting. But I feel like in general, like a lot and maybe it's like the bubble that I'm in, like a lot of people are cooking less beef, less meat in general, and choosing more sustainable options where they can rather than choosing the like impossible burgers or whatever along the way. So that's what it is for me going back to what we're cooking and eating. I just feel like I have access to and listen to our budget episodes. Like I'm willing to budget for sustainable meat, which is more expensive. And for me, and I'm just, I'm speaking from the hip here. Like this isn't like researched. I'm not trying to influence anyone else. Just like personally, in my personal logic, I feel like I just want to apply rules against meat in general, not just like beef in particular, because just eliminating beef, but then eating pork, I don't know, like how much good is that doing unless I'm baby stepping towards eliminating meat altogether? So for me, we're not going to eliminate meat. I I did not eat meat for 11 years many moons ago. My family's not going to eliminate meat. So how do we just reduce our meat, make sure, just like you were saying, make sure we can buy sustainable meat, whenever we do eat it. And then when we're eating meatless, just really focus on plant-based, which again, full circle, my kids are not happy about. So <laughs> let's talk about this because yes, I, I want to know making... what recipes you've been trying yes. with them and what's been a pass and what's been a fail. Yes. So quinoa taco beef is a recipe from Minimalist Baker. I love this. I used to make it all the time. I stopped. I returned to it. And this time I made a triple batch. So we put it in, we put it in tacos, hard shell tacos one night. And then I had it on hand to add to salads all week. And, you know, it's literally just 
quinoa that you toss with a little bit of oil, some spices, and some like pico de gallo or salsa. And then you bake it so it kind of gets crunchy in places and you kind of like dry it out, so to speak. And then it just crumbles and you use it instead of ground beef. My kids love this, but they also are like, it's also not meat and it tastes like quinoa. I don't think it tastes like quinoa at all. They're like, you're crazy. It tastes like quinoa. It's good. Next time, can we have beef tacos? That was the conversation there. But I do think that it's a worthwhile recipe. I recently made chana masala, and I actually followed a recipe uh, on the Instagram of Chief Spice Mama, who we've mentioned before, who has been a guest, um, Kanchan Koya, because she made a sumac-dusted chana masala that I thought sounded really delicious. And that was an idea I hadn't heard of. But, you know, any chana masala recipe that you like and then put sumac on it. That also was a win, although Isaac asked where the chicken was. (laughs) Um... Of really. course, of course he did. Every Because you're the chicken night. mama now. I am the chicken lady. And frijoladas I made recently, I posted on Instagram. I kind of made my own version, piecing together recipes from a whole bunch of different people. And that's basically cooking black beans. I cooked them. It's a, it's a recipe that is usually made with leftover black beans, but I cooked a big batch in the Instant Pot, and then I used part of it to make this because you basically puree the beans with a bunch of stuff, and it almost makes like a slightly thicker, think enchilada sauce. That's not what it is, but it's like that consistency. And it's made with beans, though, and you pour it over you know, tortillas filled with whatever. So I've done that with tortillas filled with scrambled egg. Mm. And then actually I did scrambled egg and a plant-based chorizo. And that was a bust. The kids were not into the (laughs) plant-based chorizo. Womp, womp. Was it not spicy enough? Was it a texture issue? It was not spicy enough. And it was also um, a little too cumin heavy. So it might have just been this brand. There's a place in New York City called Chloe's that does all vegan food. And it does. It's so delicious. And the boys ask for the like Chloe's taco salad, which has plant-based chorizo. And I was like, oh, I'm going to recreate this. But whatever chorizo they've got is better than the one that I got. There is one other thing, and I don't have the recipe for it yet. So sorry, sorry everybody, because I know we should. Maybe I will by the time this publishes. I've been eating tofu more, inspired by you, because I feel like every time we do these episodes, you mention a whole bunch of tofu recipes. And so I've been trying to do tofu al pastor style. Yes. Um, and I shared on my Instagram like what I've been playing with, but the recipe isn't quite finished that I want to publish a finished recipe. But that has been going over well. Again, they wish it was pork. So there's a lot of like, this is good and we're eating it now, but next time, will you please make it with meat? <laughs> That's what's happening. Which uh, to me, I, I would take that and be like, okay, okay. Because <laughs> maybe the next time I would make it with like half the plant-based components and half beef or just try like maybe if it's too quinoa-y on the on the taco meat maybe you use lentils instead like that's that's the kind of carte blanche I would take but Brian and I worked together recently and there was this whole conversation about sneaking food in particularly around beets and Brian was like I'm pretty sure over the years that Megan has like stuck 
things into <laughs> food that I didn't know was there, and I just happily ate it anyways, um, with the exception being beets. He's like, I would know right away. That's so that's funny. That's fun and funny. I use some of that taco meat. So, you know, I've mentioned this on other What We're Cooking and Eating Now episodes. I roast sweet potatoes, and then normally I saute sweet or sweet and hot Italian sausage with spinach or Swiss chard and chickpeas. And I just do like a quick saute in a pan, all those things in a pan, like nothing special, like not even chopped garlic if I'm in a rush. And then I put that on top of the sweet potatoes and then I mix either sour cream or yogurt with some lime juice and I top the lime sour cream, the lime crema type thing. Um, I use it to top the sweet potatoes. So I didn't have Italian sausage. I had just a little bit of ground turkey left. And I was like, perfect. I'm going to use ground turkey and the rest of this quinoa taco meat. And I'm going to make that dish using that instead, combining the two. And Isaac said, why is there quinoa in this? (laughs) And I was like, but it's last time I gave it to you all quinoa. Now I'm putting some meat in it. And now, like, I got the message. Yeah. I want to hear more about that, Billis, but let's take a quick minute to hear from one of our sponsors. Stacy, coming out of the pandemic and right into a cross-country move, I decided that it was time for a new vitamin routine for my kids. We have so much going on. I don't want to stress about whether they're getting everything they need. I just want to know that they are. I get it. With the boys, we have been through so many different vitamin phases. In fact, we stopped taking vitamins right before lockdown. Since I was cooking every single meal, I figured that I could ensure the boys were getting everything they needed. But things have changed around here, too. Wait, tell me more about that. Okay, so listen, everyone who knows us knows that we prioritize food joy. And this year has emphasized that even more. I want the boys to have food autonomy, and that means letting go, not my strength, (laughs) but I want (laughs) to let go while knowing that they are getting what they need nutritionally. And not giving them a vitamin dressed up as candy. There you go. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) As I was researching vitamins, I couldn't believe how much sugar some of them have. Which is why we're both so excited about our new sponsor, Haya. It's the perfect timing in both of our homes for a zero sugar vitamin. Whoop. The other interesting thing I learned while researching is that most vitamins were formulated to fill the nutritional gaps in kids' diet based on out-of-date nutritional guidelines from the 1980s. That was even longer ago for you than for me. (laughs) It is based on a modern kid's diet. Their vitamins are made with a blend of 12 farm-fresh fruits and vegetables, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals known to help support a healthy immune system, energy levels, brain function, mood, need that, teeth, bones, and more. Also, zero sugar and still tasty. But honestly, the best part of Hyatt is the convenience. Your vitamins come straight to your door with a pediatrician-recommended schedule. The first month comes with a reusable glass bottle that your kids can personalize with stickers. Then every month thereafter, Hyatt sends a no-plastic refill pouch of fresh vitamins. Good for the planet, no sugar, non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and everything else you can imagine. I'm sold. More importantly, our kids are sold, too. We've worked out an exclusive offer with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Didn't I Just Feed You listeners receive 50% off their first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y or enter the code D-I-J-F-Y at checkout. 
That's H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash D-I-J-F-Y and get your kids the full body nourishment that they need to grow into healthy adults. Full discount applied at checkout. Listen, I'm just also not going to listen to them. They're older than your kids and that's... That's yeah, where there I'm is headed. some of the like. If you don't like it, then you can cook yeah. dinner. Yeah. Also, you can pay. You can pay for this sustainably sourced <laughs> meat. In the vein of like cooking less beef, but also grilling outside. Well, kind of, sort of. I recently got to work with the Grill Dads, who we have coming on as guests. Also, I'm so excited. Yeah, they're really great, and we actually had a whole conversation on set about, you know, would they ever do anything with like impossible burgers and they're like honestly we would rather source our beef sustainably they're big fans of snake river farms which is based out of idaho but then they also like really do take veggies and make them super exciting from the grill um i say veggies but then my favorite thing that we ate was we grilled cheese on set and then turned it into little snacky tacos like Grilled cheese with avocado and pickly onions and this awesome chipotle sauce. And I actually can't wait to be settled and do that again with like paneer or any of the other grilling cheeses. And then that leads me into another phenomenon that I feel like we really can get behind both Stacy and I, which is it is going to be like the summer of crispy cheese, according yes. to TikTok. <laughs> yes. There's like the viral um, omelet where you take like a nonstick pan and you put cheese in the bottom of it and then you add the egg on top of it. So you get this like crackly, crispy cheese outside on your omelet and then the soft, fluffy souffle of egg on the inside. And now there's also a quesadilla version of it. And it has got my mind just swirling. Like what other things can we cheese crust? I feel like you have to do like a chicken cutlet. Yeah, I feel like if you got it really thin, maybe butterfly it, pound it thin, and then put, like put it on the cheese and pan fried it. Well, it's so Is funny that, that you say that because one of my non plant-based things on my list is that I've been making um, chicken salt and boca from Winner Winner Chicken Dinner because oh, it's, it's a such very a good quick, recipe. Right? And I use Parmesan to have the prosciutto adhere. And so when you flip yes. it over, the prosciutto crisps and the cheese doesn't crisp, but it gets all nice and melty to like act as a glue. <laughs> and it's so good. <laughs> but that'd be interesting to do it without the prosciutto, which Oliver yeah. peels off anyway, which is crazy. But yes, definitely. I love it. Cheese crusted everything all summer. All summer. It's funny. La- didn't last summer I say it was like the summer of the sandwich? Yes. And we just <laughs> ate so many sandwiches. I-, I will declare that I am back on my sandwich bullshit, which is I can't stop making both Italian subs where you take like a sub roll and cut it in half and layer like salami, um, ham, Provolone cheese and then make like a little salad where you do like a vinegar dressing and maybe some pickled peppers or sun-dried tomatoes. And then you kind of like roll it onto itself. And if you can let it sit at all, it's even better. Yum. And then I recently had a takeout sandwich that was similar meat and cheese situation. But they made a pesto mayo, which I'm betting is literally just like jarred pesto and mayo mixed together. And then they put it on focaccia. 
It was so good. I cannot wait. Oh, to you know it at what? Home. You should also make mufalettas. I never know how to say it. I have family in New Orleans who trained me, and then I forgot mufaletta, mufaletta. I, you know what I'm saying, though, right? You know, I'm the worst when it comes to food pronunciation. Right? Like, <laughs> I, I so, feel sometimes like I actually know how to pronounce things. We should do a whole mini episode on this. This would be funny. But then I get like really self conscious, and so I say it wrong, and then I'm like, or however you say it, even and <laughs> and there's other stuff, right? Like bruschetta. It's actually bruschetta. See? Everybody, but everybody in the world says bruschetta. But I just have my my mother in law speaks fluent Italian. And yes. is actually like a little bit snobby about it. Hi, Anne, if you're listening. I meant that so <laughs> lovingly. Um, <laughs> I used to say bruschetta all the time. Because yes. that's what it looks like. But apparently, yeah. But do you see okay. what I mean? Like, I yes. won't even say it totally. correctly. Okay, we have to do that as a mini. And it'd be funny Mufalata. for outtakes. All right, so Mufalada, hey. Listeners in New Orleans, join our Facebook group. Yeah, or or find us on Instagram. However is convenient for you and correct us. We want to be corrected. We love it. Ooh, yeah. But yes, that's a great summer sandwich. 100%. I I haven't made one in years. It'll be nice to be closer to a good source for the bread for it. Yeah. When we're in Tennessee. Okay. A couple other things I want to shout out that I've, like, been cooking and eating recently. I am on a quest to find the best homemade bagel recipe because Ella, my nine-year-old, literally could eat – like, she could just live on bagels right now. And I'm trying to be, like, fine with that and embrace it. But I don't love – I don't love the store-bought bagels personally. And I don't know that I want to spend money every week on, like, good bagels – are so, good bagels I'm, expensive there? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a good bagel in New York is like Yes, it is. It's nothing. It's, it's like what you get at the corner. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Mm, um I love bagels. Boise has one really great bagel shop, Blue Sky Bagels, and they make the best like cheese cream cheese spreads. They have a bacon scallion one that is just like so good I would eat it out of the jar with a spoon or out of the container with a Yum. spoon. But so far, I've had the best luck with Kitchen's homemade bagel recipe. I recently tried out Serious Eats. They call it a magic bagel. It's supposed to stay soft for days, but I found it to be like a real pain in the to make and I won't be making it again. So I'd love other, maybe we can get a thread going in the listeners group or on Instagram or something. I'd love bagel recipe suggestions. I'm going to sit back and just watch and see how many people actually make homemade bagels. Like I think zero. that's uh, no, but you know our listeners group never ceases to amaze me. There will be people in there who are like right there with you, but I can tell you that I've never made a homemade bagel, and I do not have intentions. But I'm here for it. I'd like to Listen, know. <laughs> over the years of doing, didn't I just feed you? There's been stuff where you're like, yeah, I'm not really into it's that, true. and then you'll turn around like. You did attempt sourdough. I'm not trying to call you out here. Let's and you're like, attempt. I'm not really a baker. Like, in the beginning, you would always be like, I'm not really a baker. Like, there's just a few things that I bake. And recently, you've been rocking out. I have. It's so good. I got to test a couple recipes for kitchen, and they'll be live by the time this airs. So I, I want to share them. One is a brookie, which is like a brownie and a cookie mashup. We bake, we've tried them both as bars and as cookies. I think they'll go on the site as cookies, but they make a really good bar cookie too. And then this was like such an endeavor to make it, but would be really great if you're starting to like host people or you want to take like a big bundt cake and split it up to share with neighbors. 
Joycelyn Delk Adams of Grand Baby Cakes shared this cinnamon roll pound cake on Kitchen. It is so good. You Ooh. bake it in a bun cake pan, so it's like it's kind of big. And then there's cream cheese icing that gets drizzled on at the end. So it's like when you slice it, there's this thick layer of cream cheese icing all over the outside of it. It's kind of crispy on the outside from all the sugar in it. And then there's a crispy layer of brown sh- sugar cinnamon swirl on the inside. Like oh, so, this so is good. So that's like my love language. I love coffee cake. I love anything cinnamony buttery. Yes. So good. You recently put a call out for on your personal Instagram for like the best cookie recipes. Do you have any updates for us? Because I I'm invested in I this do. now. And you know what one, and I also shared this on Instagram, but it was in a story only, so maybe people missed it. A lot of people, 100 Cookies, that cookbook is the one that people really, really love. The Neapolitan cookie got a lot of votes a lot of votes. It was definitely the most mentioned. And so I decided to make it. It's a little bit involved. And as soon as I started baking, I realized all I had was whole wheat flour. And I charged ahead anyway, even knowing. And I was like, how bad can it be? Well, guys, it wasn't great. So (laughs) but I can tell you that at least when they were freshly baked and still warm before they turned into hockey pucks, um, because I didn't adjust the recipe. I literally did a one-to-one, and it was a bad thing. The flavor was great. I was actually kind of shocked at how much flavor the strawberry powder that you make just by basically pulsing dehydrated strawberries in a food processor. They gave the cookie batter really strong strawberry flavor. I really didn't expect that. So I can tell it's a great recipe, but womp womp, it didn't work out for me. And then this was not mentioned, but after looking at all of the recipes that were mentioned, <laughs> I decided I was going to go rogue, which is a very Stacy thing. And I started playing with some different miso chocolate chip cookie recipes, Ooh. which has been really fun. They don't make my, the texture of the ones I've tried don't make my favorite chocolate chip cookie texture because I like it to be really like spread out, super crispy on the edge and almost like like just on the edge of raw in the middle. The ones I've tried make mostly like soft bake cookies, okay. but they are really delicious. So I'll link to the ones that I've tried and I'm going to I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep doing more miso chocolate chip cookies because why not? Yeah, I'd love if eventually on the website we have like a, a our favorite everyday baking recipe. It's yes. like a really great chocolate chip cookie, an everyday cake recipe, which actually we have a really simple like one bowl recipe on the site. Um, so we should link to that for sure. One other shout out before we go. You okay. mentioned salads. Um, there is a fantastic pizza place near me that actually has been written up about in like food media across the nation called Emily Loves Pizza. They make really, really, really delicious pizza. And then they opened a Detroit-style pizza place as well. But they make this broccoli salad that's so delicious. And all I could figure out was that it was definitely a miso-based dressing, raw broccoli, dried cherries. So I chopped up a bunch of raw broccoli. I got some dried cherries. I added some thinly sliced shallot. And I used our favorite not just dressing, which we'll mm, link which to. Which is like lemon tahini, right? It's a miso lemon tahini. Yes. And it was killer. The boys loved it. They ate like 
I swear, two pounds of broccoli just in the salad. And it keeps, because broccoli is so hearty, it keeps overnight. And I had it for lunch the next day. It's great. No recipe. That's just it. Can we just talk about how funny the boys are that they, like, want more meat? And yet when you make them a really delicious salad, they can't get enough of it. Listen, they're spoiled. That's what it comes down to. They're like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is what I want right now. You're like, you're a good cook. Like, why isn't why isn't what in front of me exactly what I want to eat? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> those guys. <laughs> those guys. Listen, we want to know now what you're cooking and eating in May. Mother's Day, Father's Day, end of school, summer's starting. Oh, my so- God. We want you to find us as at Didn't I Just Feed You on all social and visit our new site where, drumroll please, you'll be able to sign up to be among the first in our new and improved community coming to you June 2021. All the deets are at didn'tijustfeedyou.com. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter to get an exclusive recipe in our pick of the week every single week. You can also subscribe at didn'tijustfeedyou.com or we have a link in our Instagram bio. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast right here, right where you're listening. I told you at the top, I'm telling you at the bottom, we don't want you to miss a single thing. Our music is Good Old Time by Alex Cohen, provided by Jamendo. A huge thank you to our editor, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.